Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? It's going good. Really late right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is late. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I believe this is the latest we've ever recorded this podcast. I mean, it's not like super late. It's like just past nine. Um, But yeah, I think this is a record, (laughs) record (laughs) lateness. Dedication, though. That's right. That's right. Uh, Particularly on your end, because this is totally my fault. There's a little bit of a scheduling snafu. Totally my fault. And Porfirio, you're the true professional. You adjusted, you're flexible, and uh, we're making it happen. Yeah, who doesn't want to talk about comics? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with, with the two of us having to adjust our schedules and come in late night, um, it's not that big a deal, right? Uh, because we the love... Sh- the show must go on. The show must go on, <laughs> and yeah, we love this shit, so uh-huh. no problem, right? Okay, a uh, little business to take care of. Uh, right off the bat, Silicon Valley Comic Con. It is coming soon. Friday, April 6th through Sunday, April 8th in San Jose, California. The awesome SVCC Silicon Valley Comic Con. Uh, highly recommend uh, you guys checking this out. Perfurio and I will be there. We're gonna, you're going to be there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> all right. And you have uh, you have all three days uh, purchased? Yeah, I got the three-day pass. Same I got- here. Got my costume ready for cosplaying, so I'm ready, anxious. Oh, you got your costume ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what uh, What do you? Where are you gonna go as? Uh, Saturday, I'm gonna go as Scarlet Witch. Uh huh. And then Sunday, I'm just gonna dress up as Poe from Star Wars. Okay. Awesome. Well, you got two costumes lined oh, yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm okay. I might have to uh, partake as well. I'll, I'll keep that under wraps for now, but stay tuned on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Like we have mentioned previously, the Comic Sauce podcast is an affiliate of SVCC. Uh, so if you are planning on going and haven't purchased your tickets, photo ops, or autographs yet, be sure to do it through us. Uh, I will leave uh, the purchase link uh, in this episode's description. So be sure to purchase that stuff through this link and you will be supporting our podcast. And look for us there, too, because not just us uh, physically, but um, I've heard there's like a little banner that lists the affiliates, and we should be on that banner. So I'm definitely going to be looking for that thing. So just fun to see. Okay. All right. Uh, So, yeah, today is Wednesday, March 14th, and just yesterday... We had a pretty significant death. The great scientist Stephen Hawking has passed away, um, and um, yeah, you know it's not super comic related, but his influence is so vast that I think it would, it's good just to bring it up. Yeah, any, any thoughts on your end about about this uh, passing? I mean, it's, it's definitely really tragic. Like you, when you think of Stephen Hawking, you think of smart scientists like albert einstein and mm-hmm. isaac newton and a whole bunch of other people and yeah i mean even though it's not comic related i'm pretty sure there's like a lot of comics like they even probably stanley wrote that was influenced on stephen hawking's work or something yeah i, I mean it, it, his his influence is immeasurable really you mm-hmm. know and you know it's funny like we we talk about like pop culture and stuff and we call ourselves geeks and everything nerds uh-huh. um but like we're, we're not real nerds <laughs> i mean stephen hawking was a real nerd he was super smart and he was like a, a science genius right yeah so um yeah credit where credit's due exactly you know a true nerd has has passed and <clears throat> like we're like we've been talking about his his influence is, is really just huge right mm-hmm. and like you talk about uh you know, superheroes, I think of Professor X when I think of Stephen Hawking, right? <laughs> you know, like Stephen Hawking was like the real life version of Professor X, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, you could argue that 
well, Stephen Hawking didn't have superpowers, but like his intellect was his superpower. <laughs> that was a superpower, yeah, totally, yeah. He he did have superpowers, man. Hell yeah, um, his intellect. But the fact that he lived as long as he did, that's pretty amazing too. Like, you know, you mentioned it's tragic his passing, and it is. But in a, in a lot of ways, it's pretty amazing that he got that far. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when he had um, his initial diagnosis when he was a very young man they didn't give him long like his life expectancy was really short yeah so for him to last this long is amazing and the world is is a lot better off for it you know Mm -hmm. exactly cool okay so on to comic book stuff (laughs) now we're going to continue our countdown to infinity war this is part three of this series we're going to continue to to recap and review past MCU movies. Uh, but we got some news about uh, the Infinity War movie itself recently, right? Uh, what, what did uh, what did we hear recently, Perfurio? Um So Marvel is going to release Infinity War a week earlier. So yeah. now it's, instead of May 4th, it's going to be released on April 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. It's, it's very exciting. It's really exciting, but kind of <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal, but it screws up this, like, Marvel countdown thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, th- yeah, we should talk about this because this was your idea initially. You know, this whole thing, the thing w- that we've been doing, you know, like, watch one Marvel Studios movie a week from the beginning of the year, you know, uh-huh. like, the first week of January, right? And it would, like, line up perfectly so that it would lead us right into Infinity War. But now that they've pushed it up a week, it kind of screws up that whole timeline, right? Yeah. So now, what, we have to, like, watch two movies in a week or something? Yeah, something like like just one week we have to watch (laughs) two movies, like, to just speed up the process and get back onto track. Okay. Well, I'm going to follow your lead on this because that's (laughs) what I've been doing so far. Like, I just kind of follow, like, what movies you're watching. It's like, oh, I better... Better watch those before our next episode, right? Uh-huh. So I'll follow your lead. Let me know when you watch like two movies in a week. Okay, so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do the same, right? Okay. A little bit stressful, you know. Any little changes in 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 the planning is can be a little bit, uh, uh, you know, anxiety causing. That 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 happened to me, man. When when I first <laughs> ha- I saw the schedule change, I'm like, oh no, because I had like I had lined up like, oh, what day I was going to see it, and like. Uh, working out like babysitting stuff and like when they drop that on me i'm like oh no like all my plans are fucked you know so it's all good everything's gonna be okay um no yeah same here same here i was the the week before the movie was gonna be introduced i bought tickets to go to a a, um giants versus dodgers game okay and so i'm just like okay now i have to for sure watch it thursday night because i know i'm not gonna have time to watch it friday night Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, so the baseball game is on a Friday. Yeah. Okay. The Friday that it's going to be released. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I too am planning on seeing it opening Thursday. Yeah. And, I mean, especially for a movie of this magnitude, it's a good idea to see it as early as possible, right? To, to not get spoiled. Yeah, avoid spoilers. <laughs> avoid just like the FOMO and you know all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, this is big news, man. Just one week earlier, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yes, spe- sending shockwaves. Speaking of which, I heard the tickets are gonna go on sale on Friday. Is that right? I heard, yeah, I heard the Russo brothers are like dropping hints about when the trailer is gonna be released, the second trailer. Mm-hmm. And then I also heard rumors that when they drop the trailer, like right away, the tickets are gonna go on sale. Like, okay, how, what happened with Star Wars? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I heard that's what's gonna happen with Infinity War, so. Keep an eye out for that. Oh, okay. So I, you know, I, I, my suspicion was that they would do that. The next trailer, the tickets would be would be available then. Uh-huh. But you're saying this Friday is that's, when that all is going to happen. That's what I heard. The rumors. That's what I've heard. Okay, that's but, the rumor. Uh-huh. But I, don't, <laughs> I can't confirm anything. <laughs> okay, I will uh, be keep, keeping an eye out for sure. Uh-huh. All right. So, um, yeah, why don't we get into our movie reviews, yeah? Okay. Okay, so, yeah, we're on uh, part three of our series, and we are at 
Thor The Dark World, right? Mm-hmm. We our, our last episode, we finished with Iron Man 3, and we're doing this in the order that they were released, Yeah, right? I know there, I, you know what I saw? I saw like recommended order oh, of yeah. viewing, and some of them weren't in the order they were released, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're sticking with the, the chronological order of release. Yeah. So uh, Thor The Dark World, uh, what are your thoughts on this movie, Proferio? It's funny because everybody says Thor 2 is like the worst movie in the Marvel Universe. A lot of people hate on it. A lot of people hate on it, but for me, I liked it. You did? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. Okay. Like This is my two cents on it. Um, okay. I really liked, um, you know, in my last review about the, th- the first Thor movie, I kind of said that Chris Hemsworth, I, he wasn't convincing enough as Thor, like mm-hmm. the character. But this movie, I feel like he really solidified who Thor is supposed to be. Like he really, he doesn't have like that kind of like, oh, I'm this guardian and I need to do this and everything. He's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, like he has some humor in this movie and um, he has like some sympathy, I feel. And I don't know. The, the, I just liked how his portrayal Thor was in this movie a lot better than um, in the first movie. Um, well, would you say in the first Thor movie he was like kind of immature and yeah, like, you know, kind of know. kind of like like I don't know, whiny and exactly. And like yeah, he was like a brat, bratty. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. And this one, he was he seemed like he was like. A king, like worthy of holding the hammer. Okay, all right, um, fair. I saw that, and then I think the biggest reason of why I, people don't like this movie is because of the villain. And, yeah, that comes uh, up a lot. Uh, like the dark elves and um, what's the what's Maverick? Yeah. Oh, the main villain uh-huh. of the movie. Oh no, his name is Malekith. Malekith. <laughs> yeah, Malekith. They just don't think he's like. He's like just like a comic, like something straight out of the comic books. Like, yeah, kind of generic. Yeah, right. exactly, very generic. But yeah. uh, I admit it's very cliche. But you know that kind of work, like the whole space fantasy kind of stuff. Like I dig mm-hmm. it. Okay, and that's what really appealed to me. So I found like entertainment from it and stuff. You know, the, like the his motivation is very cliche. Like I want to get a hold of this, take over the world, and rule the universe blah 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 yeah but i i still dig his like the whole like visuals like the costuming the makeup i really digged it okay yeah you know i think that's fair um i'm definitely in the camp of like hating on this movie <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I really, i'm really interested what uh, would you hate about yeah it? so um yeah revisiting all these marvel movies has been pretty interesting because there are movies that I really love, and I'm like, oh, like, uh, I have to watch this again? Great. <laughs> I've been doing that anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. But there are some that I've only watched the one time, you know? Um, this is one of them. Like, Iron Man 3, I'm not a fan of that movie. And uh, before revisiting it uh, for this, you know, this, like, countdown we've been doing, um, that was the only time I'd seen it. Same thing with uh, Thor 2. Uh, I had only seen it that one time when it initially released in theaters. Um, so I watched it just for the second time very recently, like just the other night. Mm-hmm. And in my mind was like, okay, I, I really didn't like this when I saw it in the theaters, but it, it was just that one time. Uh, let's see, you know, how it holds up. And, you know, pretty much I got I had the same kind of take. Um, and... I would say that a lot of what I don't like in this movie is what I see in a lot of other, like, big-budget Hollywood movies. Oh, yeah. Uh You know, like, so in general, Marvel Studios movies are great, and um, a big reason why I like them is that they are different from your average Hollywood blockbuster, you know? Um, it It really started with... Iron Man 1, where it was, like, effects-driven, it had action, um, and it was very much, you know, a a Hollywood blockbuster movie. But at the same time, it was just, like, such a breath of fresh air. Like, they they just had a whole different take 
on like what it means to be a superhero and it just felt different you know like the mm-hmm. the the references to the comic books and everything um I've felt like that's one of the hugest strengths of these MCU movies that they, they they are big budget movies, they are popcorn flicks, and you can enjoy them like you do other you know yeah big budget movies, but like they they take extra effort and care to sort of you know give a, you more to please you <laughs> yeah yeah they, they're just there's just more you know yeah. they, they, they they there's this extra care and effort but what i found with throw the dark world is it really felt like like the same old stuff like when i watch like a transformers movie or like pretty much any dceu movie other than wonder <laughs> woman you know like i get that feeling i'm like i'm just seeing like like the filmmakers just put all the budget into effects and they don't really care about giving you a decent story mm-hmm. and not really making the characters all that interesting like that's what kind of annoyed me like it didn't it didn't feel like an MCU movie to me it just felt like if Warner Brothers had done a Thor movie you know that's what it felt like to me and um i was sort of like juggling like Iron Man 3 or Thor 2 as like my least favorite MCU movie. I am declaring that Thor 2 is my least favorite and it is for that reason. It just feels like the same old stuff, you yeah. know? I with Iron Man 3, I think they had a big swing and a miss, but I I felt at least they tried to do something different. They tried something different. They failed at it, but at least they they took the effort to to give you something a little different like oh yeah. tony stark without the iron man suit doing macgyver stuff okay um it could have worked i felt it totally didn't but at least they tried like thor 2 it was just like going through the motions so that's my take there um but bef- before we go off of thor 2 though real quick i mean i don't want us to say like just like it's all garbage you know even though it is my least favorite mc movie <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to just say it's completely bad. I do want to say that Tom Hiddleston as Loki, as usual, is awesome. <laughs> like he kills he, it. he's always good, man. He and this movie, even though this movie is like far inferior to his other Loki movies, Avengers, Thor One, Thor Ragnarok. Um, you know that's that all said. I think um, yeah, he he's he's still funny and he's still charismatic. You know. And he he's just he was just born to play Loki, I think. So um, I will say that I will say that. So props to Tom Hiddleston as maybe the only redeeming factor for Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like everything you said. Um, <laughs> it's funny because everybody does say that that Loki is the savior of the movie. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah, because he's so funny and everything. I really I agree with that. Loki does help out. He brings a lot of humor, and whereas Thor's more serious, that kind of guy. Yeah, like they work <laughs> off each other well. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, but other aspects I liked about the film was um, Jane Foster, how she wasn't kind of like Thor's um, damsel in distress. Oh right! So at, at at a certain point, she actually has powers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She kind of she kind of she can hold her own. And even she she even uses like her intelligence like at the end to like help bring the villain down, which I was like, okay, oh uh, yeah, that's cool, right, cool. She's she's bringing something to the table, even though she's no, she's fighting with gods. She's bringing something to the table, right, right. But the biggest takeaway I think I liked from Thor: The Dark World was um, the end credit scene where you see Lady Sif and the other Asgardian bring the the ether to the collector. Oh yeah, and, that's right. And then he, the collector, or I don't remember who it was, but somebody says that that that's an Infinity Stone, right? And then the and for the first time they identified the Tesseract as the infin the other Infinity Stone because I don't think in Avengers or in the other previous MCU movies they the Tesseract was identified as an, the Infinity Stone. Right, right, right. And so for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, for the first time since Iron Man. Um, Marvel knows what direction it wants to take the the Marvel universe. Like it's like okay, we're gonna focus on the Infinity War storyline because of Iron Man. Like in the end credit scene, um, 
Nick Fury comes out and talks about the Avengers initiatives. So they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. we're going to go on to the Avengers. But after the Avengers, like, what's next? And boom, Marvel drops this bump saying, like, okay, now we're going to focus on the Infinity Stones. And right, that's right. the first movie that they mentioned that. So it's like, okay, so now we now we know what to look out for. We're looking out for these Infinity Stones and what they could do. Yeah, that's a good point because now with Infinity War, like, just around the corner, we kind of take that for granted, right? We yeah. know about, like, all the Infinity Stones and we know, like, where they currently are being kept and all this sort of stuff. But before we get to that particular scene... It wasn't obvious. It was sort of like, I think there were some hints, like, oh, maybe they're they're driving toward this mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet thing. But at that point, it was like just kind of rumors. But yeah, that scene sort of solidifies like, oh, these movies are definitely working towards yeah, that storyline, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point, definitely. Okay, so let's move on. So the next movie is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So I'm going to start Go for here it. Yeah, because I have a lot to say here. Um, interesting that Thor The Dark World has been deemed by me as the worst <laughs> MCU movie because I will definitively say that the very next movie, the movie that was released next in the MCU release calendar, Captain America The Winter Soldier is easily my favorite of all the MCU movies. Every single one of them, and, and it's not even close. Like this is this is my like dream movie. Like it's uh, it's my favorite MCU movie, but it's also my favorite superhero movie of all time, and one of my favorite movies of all time. All any kind of movie, you know. Yeah. And uh, damn, like what can I say here? <laughs> I mean, well, first off, I mean. It was very interesting watching this, like, literally back-to-back with Thor 2. Like, you know, um, previously I had seen it after Thor 2, but, you know, months later, right? So seeing it back-to-back was really like, whoa. (laughs) Like, I could really sort of identify, like, what works for me and what doesn't. And a big part of my love for this movie is the realism of it. You know, and that's that's much different from Thor: The Dark World. And like, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Where um, there's there's some pretty cool visuals in Thor: The Dark World, right? You, you could tell a lot of the budget went to effects and costumes yeah. and that sort of thing. But the aesthetic they were going for was very like dry. What was that? It was really dry. Dry. I was gonna say like otherworldly. Like, uh-huh. I mean, we were dealing with Asgard and like different worlds and like and you had mentioned like there's like there's like outer space stuff like spaceships and lasers and everything so what you see is very like is like fantasy right but with winter soldier like it you get a, a, a heavy dose of realism like you know this is a superhero movie but man like almost everything in this movie is like it feels real Mm-hmm. It, like it just like there are some superpowers at play, but mainly we're talking about like stuff that real people can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the realism is it, it makes for me it just makes it like super compelling, you know. Um, in addition to that, I think you know I talked about how like with a lot of big budget Hollywood movies they lean towards like spectacle and effects and that sort of thing and the story and the characters kind of like take a back seat mm-hmm. man the characters in this movie are like so compelling you know it's not just captain america you know i think black widow falcon uh, bucky uh, alexander pierce even like uh, rumlo like like they're super interesting characters mm-hmm. you know like um like you know, Frank Grillo is so awesome as as that Rumlow character who who, who uh, later becomes Crossbones, yeah. right? Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he just there's this presence to him. Like he just he just <laughs> mean man, and and he just he, he seems like super tough, right? And uh, so I think there's really great character writing and certainly great performances by the actors. You know, um, so 
Oh, I mean, I, I have a lot more to say, but what are, what are your thoughts so far on, know, on this movie? I really loved it also. Um, I really like Captain Winter Soldier just because I think it was, um, for me, what I got from it was, it was a really kind of like a political movie. How mm-hmm. it talked about, I think like one, like uh, that whole um like what's wrong with like the justice system or something like that like i don't know how to describe it but like there's like definitely an invasion of privacy and uh just like what's wrong with the justice system because even like captain america points out like oh you're gonna what happened to like innocent or well how does the saying go like (laughs) innocent innocent until proven guilty right i think i think what he says is um i thought the punishment comes after the yeah. crime right yeah, yeah yeah exactly and nick fury's like oh we can't wait for that to happen right 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 and you know nick fury does have a point like well how how is some what does it take for someone to be labeled as guilty does it take like the life of somebody to be like uh categorized as a criminal does it mean like planning you're gonna kill someone or something but yeah it's like how can you how can you predict that yeah. And then, yeah, Captain America also brings up that, like, whole, like, um, old moral of America. Like, yeah, let's, it's innocent to proven guilty. Right. And I definitely felt there was, like, a tension of, like, old America versus new America. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, you touched upon something that I certainly highlighted, too. There's, like, kind of a timeliness to this story, right? Uh-huh. Like, we live in this world that is quite... Uh, dangerous dangerous it's uh, divisive it's chaotic you know um, it's really driven by power yeah uh-huh. and, and you then, know they, they, well real quick they talked about like how like Hydra was creating this world that's filled with chaos and like then it becomes necessary to take like extreme measures mm-hmm. right so like you know, you look at what's going on in the world right now, like, it is pretty chaotic. Like, you you look at people that we're all so divided, you know, like, there's definitely this whole, like, us versus them mentality. I mean, the whole, like, red state versus blue state thing is just, it's just one example. But I think it's a pretty good example where right now, like, America is as divided as it's ever been, right? Mm-hmm. So for something like this to happen, like, it's scary, but you could almost see something like this happening where it's like, oh, well, why don't we just wipe out all of these states? Yeah. You know, like kind of like what they did with Project Insight, mm-hmm. right? They, they ran this algorithms like if we get rid of all these people, these millions of people, then the world would be better off. Yeah, it's a lot more peaceful. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you just go on social media, a lot of people think this way. They think oh, yeah. like, oh, pff, those Trump supporters. Well, if we just killed all of them, the world would be a better place. That's a fucked up thought, right? That That's Project Insight, right? Um, so uh, th- there's a total timeliness to this story. You know, and I brought up the stuff people are saying about Trump supporters. I mean, the opposite is happening too, right? Trump supporters are saying like, oh, if we wipe out all those like, those, those idiot like liberal Americans, uh-huh. like the world would be so much better off. Let's just kill them all. I mean, it's fucked up. People are saying this stuff. You know, and it's, it's what Hydra is saying in this movie. They're saying, you know, people don't have the balls to do it. We got the balls. Like, we're actually going to take yeah. action. We're going to kill all these people, and we're going to, like, save the rest of us. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that totally resonated with me. You know, this movie was made, like, several years ago, but it, it's still really relevant. timely. <laughs> yeah, totally relevant. Totally relevant. Yeah. No, and another thing I liked about it was um, you told me you don't watch Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Correct. I saw season one, but that's all I've seen. Yeah, because season one, um, I, this was a totally cool, like, new formula that I don't think it's ever been done. And Marvel's, like, a pioneer of it. Because they had, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, its first season run during this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And during the time of Winter Soldier's release, I don't remember if it was, like, the the week before. Like, it was released, so the week after. But, like, it was the storyline... Um, was parallel it was congruent yeah i remember that with winter soldier because like in the show shield is shown that it's compromised by hydra and then bam the movie happens and then we get like all the effects of what happens to shield in the tv show it continues on 
Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. And then that I don't know. For me that I've never seen that happen. Like where a TV show and a movie kinda like coexist yeah, with yeah. one another. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Oh man, there's there's so many great aspects of this movie. Um, you know, one thing I want to call out, a lot of movies, particularly like action movies, there are scenes where there aren't, there isn't action, right? There's just sort of like exposition scenes where they're like explaining plot. Mm-hmm. They can be kind of boring. Like even those type scenes in this movie are like awesome, you know? Oh, like, yeah. like so you brought up that, that scene where Nick Fury and Cap are talking and they're kind of like having differing views you know mm-hmm. um first of all like visually it's super cool you see like um the uh project insight yeah you see project insight in the background right yeah. and uh, you see the helicarriers and mm-hmm. like um it's super cool right and you know it, it's, it's striking um but i mean you you really like understand like what's going through fury's mind what's going through cap's mind right and they really are at odds right um and in in a simple like exposition scene they're explaining project insight and everything but at the same time a it's visually interesting but b and probably most important is like there's like character development happening right like you're really getting a better sense of like what cap is all about yeah and like he's adjusting to this this new world right but he's still kind of sticking to his his morals right yeah and he's like you know this is not freedom this is fear right and um at the same time like nick fury has like a totally different perspective on it but you kind of get his perspective too because you know given all this great technology um fury is seeing like oh we can sort of stop threats before they even start so like that that's relevant man like like imagine if you had a technology where you can like identify these mass shooters before they actually like touch a gun like man like that'd be amazing right Mm -hmm. so like fury's argument is like if you could stop the vegas shooter before that shooting even started, wouldn't you do it? Yeah, yeah. If you could stop the Florida shooter, like uh-huh. before he even grabbed the gun, like wouldn't you do it? Like it's a pretty compelling argument, right? So yeah. it's pretty cool just getting to know these characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like what you said about like, oh, it doesn't have to be like an action scene to like just feel yeah. like it's really cool. Because mm-hmm. the biggest, my favorite scene of the movie was is when like. Um, Captain America gets like a hold of like the microphone and talks to everybody in Shield. Oh yeah, yeah. And then um, he just talks about like, oh, Hydra's or Shield's been compromised by Hydra agents. And then he goes on to his little speech, and then he says like, the price of freedom is high. It always has been, but it's a price I'm willing to pay. And so it's like, hell yeah. It's like that that thing we've been saying by like old versus new Captain uh, or old versus new America, mm-hmm. like. Captain America knows the risks about like waiting until for something bad to happen before jumping in. Yeah. But he's still like, you know, that's, but people can live in peace without being like having to look over the shoulder of being watched and stuff. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, totally. But, uh, but the biggest takeaway was um when, uh what's that guy's name? The one who, who's crossbones? Oh yeah, uh, Brock Rumlow. Yeah, how he comes into like the the office and like goes like face to face with Sharon Carter, and then everybody just points guns at each other, and it's just like, oh man, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? <laughs> like the tension was so. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like, who's gonna make the first move? Like, like who do you trust? Like yeah, the yeah. person next to you can be, can be a Hydra agent, like, and they could shoot you. Like they could tell you that you're your friend but next thing you know they could end up being the one killing you it's like who can you trust what's gonna happen oh my gosh this is intense yeah oh i'm so glad you brought up that scene because none of the leads of the movie were in that scene there was no cap falcon black widow fury i mean it was like brock rumlow agent 13 and like a bunch of like no name shield and hydra agents right Uh but yeah it was very tense man and like this goes back to my comments about like frank grillo's performances rumlo like he's, <laughs> he's like 
dude, he's awesome, man. Like when he like orders that one guy to like to launch the helicarriers yeah. and the guy's like hesitating uh-huh. and he's like, do we have a problem? And then he's just like, he's like, are you going to do it? Is right. And he's got his gun on him. And like, you just look at Romlo's eyes and he's so intense. This guy is fucking dangerous, man. <laughs> and then Sharon Carter like confronts him. Oh man. And everyone's just like pointing guns at each uh-huh. other. And it's like super intense, man. Um, so good. So good. Okay. So we didn't talk much about the action scenes in this movie. We have to talk about the action scenes because to me, the action scenes in this movie are so fucking amazing that like, I I just, I've seen this movie so many times, but it never fails to amaze me how incredible these action scenes are, you know? And there's a lot of them, you know? Um, And it never felt like there was too much action. I mean, it's it's all great, man. I mean, from the first action scene when they do do the the mission on on the boat uh-huh. right man like just when <laughs> when when cap like jumps out of the the quinjet without a parachute <laughs> and then you just see him like climb onto the boat and just take out a bunch of these henchmen instantly you're like oh my god this is already next level shit we've never seen anything like this before and like that just continues through the whole movie. I can't I can't believe how great the action scenes are in this movie. You know, particularly, you know, the the directors, the Russo brothers, I mean, they're like A-list directors now, right? Yeah. After this movie, after Civil War, you know, they're doing Infinity War. Um, but before they they did Cap 2, they were known for like comedy TV. Uh-huh. You know, they did Community and they did Arrested Development. Yeah. Like, how the hell they <laughs> made an action movie like this is completely beyond me. I, I, I'm still amazed, like, uh-huh. the, the, the job they did. And just another uh, note on, on the action scenes. You know, I talked about, like, how the exposition scenes uh, were, were somehow really gripping and interesting because, like, they developed the characters. Um, same thing here. Like, with action scenes... Like, we see it quite often where there are action scenes in movies that are just action for the sake of action. You just want to see buildings explode. Um, yeah, like a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I talked about Transformers earlier. Michael Bay, you know, some of the, the DC movies we've seen are, are kind of like that too, right? Um, but here, they did a, a phenomenal thing, I think, where a lot of these action scenes, we actually see character traits in the characters and there is character development happening as the action is happening like what do i mean by that so like um black widow is so awesome in this movie like black widow in in like all the other mcu movies is like she's okay i think but in this movie like she's like this is her her best movie Mm -hmm. um what is she about she's about deception you know um, so a lot of her dialogue scenes, that's kind of interesting too, when Black Widow talks with Cap, where Cap is, is really like honest and, you know, uh, you know, forthcoming, right? Yeah. And, and she's all about deception. Like, she's like, oh, who do you want me to be? Like, I, you know, I, I can be anyone you want. So like, I, you know, she can just lie her way out of yeah. anything, right? But we see that when she fights too. Like, so there's that great scene when um, Cap, Black Widow and Falcon take on the Winter Soldier for the first time, right? Uh-huh. Is that like urban warfare scene? And we see uh, Winter Soldier like just blowing shit up and like he's, he's trying to take out Black Widow and she like tricks him, man. She like uses like a... Oh, the phone? Well, that, that, yeah, right. She uses a phone. That's right. That, that, I forgot about that one. But there's also that scene where she jumps off the overpass oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and she's running and he thinks he's about to shoot her. But she like tricks him. She's running the other direction. When he leans over the bridge, she like shoots him. Actually, like hits uh-huh. hits his goggle. Right. Um, so that's like um, her character's being developed during this action scene. Like she's like further proving like that deception is what she's all about. And that it's cool because her character arc kind of does this big 180 at the end where she like kind of opens herself to the world. And it just makes for like a really cool like character arc. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, with Cap, you know, he's all about like resilience. You know, he, what's his line? Uh, I can do this all day. Yeah. You know, like he will not quit, right? And the, what he says in his dialogue reflects this. 
but yes in the action scenes he reflects this too he takes a beating man like there's that one shot where um winter soldier like shoots like fires a grenade launcher at him and like it hits his shield but cap just goes like flying off the overpass into the path into the bus right into a bus and he's like dude this guy is like oh man he must be like completely broken right <laughs> but he just keeps fighting man that's cap and i love that you know um and then with with uh, the winter soldier like his character trait is relentlessness you know he's like the terminator he yeah. just will not stop like he has a mission and that's all he is about you know like he's programmed to kill and there there is nothing else but his mission you know and again it it it, it lends itself toward a cool uh, towards a cool uh, character arc because again kind of like with black black widow at the end he sort of changes right he's like he's relentless he has his mission but then when he starts to recognize steve rogers he's like oh wait a minute like i know this guy yeah and it's really touching when he 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 can't he can't bring himself to like take out cap at the end right so i mean i just yeah this this, this is this movie is just like just amazing i i I, I just love this movie i I really do love the action scene um especially the one where where cap and winter soldier fight um you know like that one scene where he gets like the knife and he (laughs) yes he like drills in the air and then like catches it with his other hand Uh and tries to stab him oh my god i I, got chills watching that scene i know i think i think I, I don't quote me on this, but I think Chris Evans and um, Sebastian like did their own stunts like for the fighting scene, so they have like a stunt double. Mm, yeah. So I, th- I thought that was like way more authentic to for the fighting scenes. Yeah, yeah. I have heard some interviews and whatnot, and they they did use some doubles, but a lot of the fights were you know done by the actors. And um, oh man, like yeah, th- I mean there there are a ton of great action scenes, but yeah, you may have named like the best sequence of the whole movie when it's um cap versus winter soldier um after they have like like lowered themselves off of the overpass yeah and it's just like a hand-to-hand scene right and it's, it's cool because because cap is he's not in uniform right he's got a shield but he's just in like street clothes right yeah and uh oh man it's, it's sort of unexpected like whoa like this amazing scene is happening like kind of out of nowhere mm-hmm. and there's just some really cool shit in there mm-hmm. and then you get you get the reveal too like um up to that point you never see winter soldier's face oh yeah, yeah right yeah. <laughs> i mean i think you know, comic fans like <laughs> us we, we we knew who he was but like for a lot of people they didn't know that the winter soldier was bucky yeah and that was the big reveal when they're fighting and then like cap kind of flips him over his shoulder and then the mask like flies off and then he sees him and there's this really cool moment where it's like bucky you know um yeah so yeah. so much awesome yeah. stuff in this flick dude yeah so much stuff yeah before we move on to the next movie um I think it was really cool how they ended it in the post credit scene with um, they introduce uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you get that and then you get the reveal of what happens to Loki's staff. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of liked how the the second scene, like the post credit scene. Oh, um, um, Bucky? Yeah. It was uh-huh. just Bucky at the Smithsonian. Uh-huh. Um, I know a lot of times, like the post-credit scene, is used as like as a comedy scene, um, but uh, like you know there were comedic aspects to this movie, but it, it would have felt kind of out of place, I think, to to end it with like a joke. Yeah. Um, so it was cool where it was just Bucky, like kind of like analyzing his past. Yeah. Right. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, last few thoughts here. Um, you know, like, a- another really cool scene I wanted to call out that, again, it could have been just, like, a boring exposition scene, but it was that scene where Cap and Black Widow infiltrate um, that bunker, oh, you know, yeah. and they, they, they find, like, the uh, the virtual Arnim Zola, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a scene just to kind of explain shit. Like, Arnim Zola explains, like, what Project Insight is all about and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's very interesting. You know, visually it's interesting. You see, like, this old tech and, like, just, just like, all these, the old, like, um, 
the old like what reels and stuff and uh and and the the aesthetics of arnim zola is really cool you know he, he he's like he's his physical body is dead but he still lives on yeah, like yeah. virtually you know um and just yeah i just like and 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 this kind of goes to like what we were talking about earlier how like the movie is kind of timely you know when arnim zola explains like how hydra kind of shaped the united states like basically the 40s to current day yeah it sort of you know hit home it's like oh man like yeah this the world is kind of fucked up you know <laughs> like and uh and it, it, it almost seems like yeah there's some some evil shit at play you know yeah. like you know maybe it's not hydra but like you see like shit that like trump is pulling and what's going on in russia and stuff like dude that's like that's total hydra <laughs> stuff right so yeah exactly so yeah so i mean almost every scene in this movie is interesting somehow whether it's like a, a totally kick-ass action scene or just like an interesting uh, character developing exposition scene uh to total home run man total home run yeah all right so yeah let's move on and then our final movie for the night is the awesome guardians of the galaxy <laughs> yep guardians of the galaxy uh, volume one volume one <laughs> uh, i have to ask before before the movie came out did you know who they were like did you read any of their comics i did not i had not read any other comics and i was uh unfamiliar with this group although i will say i did know about rocket i did know of rocket raccoon that was the only character i was familiar with and to say i was familiar with i mean it was just like you know i just knew of him basically uh -huh. yeah no, same here. I didn't know who they were at all. Um, so it was really interesting how... The, I think this is like Marvel's first movie where nobody knows who the characters are. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, shit, is this going to be a success or a failure? And yeah. it just proves that Marvel can literally make a movie out of nothing <laughs> and it'll still be a huge success. Yeah, yeah. It is a great point because, yeah, like... You know, today, March 2018, you know, we can take that for granted. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy are a worldwide phenomenon now. Yeah. But when this movie came out, no one knew who it, they were. And it was a big question mark how well this movie was going to do, what it was about. Like, who are these characters? Like, there's so many unknowns, right? Um, so it's very impressive, like, the way this film franchise and these characters have really caught on oh like, yeah you know totally um so you know watching it again um i did have a few thoughts i i definitely still enjoyed it a lot um but to me i, I think this is like like the third or fourth time i've seen it and um nothing has really replicated that initial theatrical experience I had yeah. because there really was this aspect to like, who are these guys? And I was like totally blown away how entertaining <laughs> this movie was. Right. Yeah. I mean, just everything like uh, the effects, the action, the music was so <laughs> great. You know, the, uh, the, yeah. the songs, um, the, the comedy. Oh my God, this movie is so funny. It is. And it's the perfect balance of comedy and action. Oh man, like it, it's it's kind of a cliche, but like you laugh, you cry, you really do. Like you, you go through this whole spectrum of emotions. Oh yeah. And yeah, just seeing it in the theater for the first time was like really special. Like, you know, the comedy was extra good because the crowd was like laughing at all the jokes and you could feel like, you know, when... Um, the, the first scene is like his mom is is dying, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, oh my god, I wasn't expecting this sort of emotion, you know. Um, and then they, they call back to that at the end of the movie when when uh, Star Lord uh, takes uh, Gamora's hand, yeah. and that that's that almost like made me cry, you know. And um, so, yeah, that that first viewing was like I was like completely blindsided and blown away. Um, subsequent viewings i mean maybe it's because like you know it's 
on TV at home. It, it, it wasn't quite the same to me. It's like it's still like it's still a great movie, no question. Um, but without like a, a crowd of people laughing at the jokes <laughs> with me and um, just getting that sort of visceral experience of like, I mean, there's a lot of like sci-fi action mm-hmm. and cool visuals. I mean, that is sort of enhanced on the big screen at the theater, right? Um, so wasn't quite the same, I have to say, uh, watching at home. I, I will say that. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts? Uh, what what are, what other thoughts you have about this flick? Uh, I really loved it. Like, I mean, you pretty much nailed everything that that is to said. Like, it had the perfect soundtrack. Like, oh man, so good. The soundtrack just added so much humor, and um, it really set the mood for what was happening. Yeah, like you got like um, Cherry Bomb by the Runaways. Oh, great song. And um, love it. You got Hooked on a Feeling mm-hmm. and Come and Get Your Love. Like, yeah. David Bowie, you had a whole bunch of good music that just sets the mood for the yeah. movie. Oh, what's the Bowie song in the movie? It was um, do you it, remember? I know it's I heard it's like Starship something. I think okay. um, I don't remember off the top of my head. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> um, but everything about the movie just fits, and I love the pop culture references that like star lord springs into the table yeah oh yeah, yeah how um you know <laughs> he talks about like kevin bacon being the hero and then Gamora. oh yeah Gamora's right, right. Like, oh we're just like kevin bacon <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's really funny um oh by the way the song is moon age daydream okay just looked it up i didn't know that <laughs> for the record <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah real quick uh, on the music the music is great there are great songs of this movie uh, but the, the, more importantly, I think the songs are well used, right? Because there's this whole like undercurrent in the movie of of Star Lord's like youth, right? So his, the relationship with his mother is what this movie is all about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that the music we hear throughout the movie, yes, they're great songs, but they are the mixtape that his mom gave him yeah it was her favorites yeah it was her stuff right so there there is it's so meaningful right it, it, it it's it, it really uh just it, it's just so so perfect like the songs are so perfect and and also the, the songs like they fit the scenes that they're in too yeah. right so oh yeah just i, I can't say enough about this the song selection is so good uh-huh. and then let's see um what was a kind of a disappointment was the villain Ronin. He was kind of like what right. we said about like um, Maverick from Thor. Right, Malakif. Malakif. How he was just like there, just to like take over and control the universe, whatever. Yeah. So you know, like, oh, he's gonna be stopped. Like he's got like no backstory or no big motivation. Whereas like Winter Soldier, Alexander Pierce is like, okay, is this guy gonna win or? What's going to happen? Right. Whereas this one, it's just like, okay, we get it. It's that whole superhero <laughs> villain cliche. Yeah. And I, I, we don't want to keep going on and on about Winter Soldier, but th- that's a great point. Like, with characters like Alexander Pierce and the Winter Soldier, there, there's so much, like, gray area there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, li- Winter Soldier is literally, like, is he a villain? Is he a hero? Like, it's, it's, it's very complicated, right? He's Captain America's best friend, but he also wants to kill him, and he's killing all these people, and he's, like, he, he's like killed people for, for decades, right? Yeah, and yeah. then um, Alexander Pierce, like, kind of like what we were talking earl- about earlier with Fury, he's at odds with Cap. Yeah. But you really understand, like, his point of view. Like, Fury's saying, like, oh, we can stop threats before they even start. I get that, man. I understand that. And when Pierce says, like, you know, like, he's been there. He knows, like, well, you know, I can, I know how to make the world a better place. There are certain people, if we just took them out of the equation, you know, I can make this world better. And, like, I I understand that kind of thinking, you know. Um, Yes, he's a villain and, you know, he's, he's, attempting like genocide basically yeah. but you know I, I understand his his point of view and then yeah in sharp contrast yeah we got villains like malakif and 
and Ronin here who are more like, yeah, cookie cutter, like one dimensional villains, like straight yeah. out of old comic books or something, right? I will say this about Ronin though. Like he almost worked for me because he was almost so like stereotype, like bad guy mm-hmm. um, that it, it made like the jokes funnier. Like, <laughs> uh, like all the guardians of the galaxy were like, comedic characters yeah. in different ways, right? And they kind of played off of Ronin, who was like the straight guy. Like he was yeah. like the straight man to their comedian, right? Yeah. There's that whole part where um, Drax wants to kill Ronin because he like killed his family, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end, Ronin's like, oh, you know what, Drax? Like, I do remember killing your family. It was pathetic. <laughs> it was such like a kind of a cheesy like villain line yeah, to say. Yeah. But when he says cheesy stuff like that, I think it makes Star Lord's jokes funnier and like Rocket's jokes funnier. I think it just makes them funnier. So you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I think it it kind of it kind of worked in, in that way. Mm-hmm. With Thor: The Dark World, that was not a funny movie. So like I think Malekith <laughs> was kind of a garbage villain uh, but yeah my favorite scene oh actually I have two favorite scenes from the movie but my first one was um when they break out of the jail oh yeah yeah like yeah. it shows like what they're all capable of it right, shows like right. rockets the, the genius behind every plan Groot is like the muscle and everyone else kind of just like follows the lead yeah yeah very cool that you know we got to see them working as a team yeah you yeah. know everyone sort of does their part pretty yeah. awesome i like that and i like that at the end when they have the when um the guardians team up with the ravagers and they f- do the last stand against ronin like in the air with all mm-hmm. the vehicles and stuff and then xander's police come and build that shield oh yeah oh my yeah. gosh that was so cool i got goosebumps <laughs> watching that yeah yeah yeah, a lot, a lot can be said about the visuals of the movie because, um, yeah, like like I said, that theatrical experience, man, it's pretty special. Like the effects and the action were really, were really um, awesome, you know. And I think there were a lot of Star Wars comparisons when this movie came out. I think they're pretty legit because um, it works, you know, very much the same way a lot of the Star Wars movies work. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Really good stuff, yeah. definitely. And then I think for me, the biggest takeaway is like how it connects to the rest of the MCU, how because it introduces the power Infinity Stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even the Collector explains like what the Infinity Stones are. So for like yeah. whoever doesn't read the comics, like who's just like new to the Marvel universe, he explains it. Right. It's like he gives like a little history lesson, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so everybody's like, oh, okay, so like. Everything from like Avengers and Thor: The Dark World, it's gonna, it's all gonna connect to something, and yeah, and even Thanos is there to be like, okay, this is Thanos wants this because he means business and stuff, mm-hmm. and so I remember like watching that for the first time. Everybody in the theater was like, okay, so it's gonna be Avengers and Guardians. Someday they're gonna cross <laughs> over and meet. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Thanos is in this movie. And, um, yeah, the undercurrent was definitely like, oh, not only is Thanos going to deal with the Avengers, he's going to he's going to deal with the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. too. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah. So it's all it's all leading up to Infinity War. Yeah. OK, so um, we're, we're running a little long. I think I went like way too far into Captain America <laughs> Winter Soldier, but that's OK. Okay, but before we wrap things up, um, I did want to call out Jessica Jones Season 2 that has dropped, and both you and I, Perferio, we we have completed it. We did it. (laughs) So we did it. (laughs) We did it. Hell yeah. Uh, We did binge it. Um, We will talk about Jessica Jones Season 2 on a future episode. (laughs) Stay tuned. We did want to talk about it a little bit today, but we're running a little long. Instead of that, Let's do, as we have been doing with these countdown episodes, we're going to give a rating for the movies we talked about. Perfurio, mm-hmm. what's your take on these three flicks? So Thor The Dark World, like I said, I enjoyed it, so I give it an 8 out of 10. And no comment. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Cat Winter Soldier and Guardians, a perfect 10 out of 10. 
10 out of 10 on both of them wow they're both movies i could rewatch, and they both don't lose their flavor i can relate i I definitely love those movies as well um for for me um thor the dark world as you know (laughs) i'm not a fan of this movie i'm giving it a four four out of ten and that's a low four too because (laughs) i gave iron man three a four out of ten also but i am declaring Thor The Dark World, inferior to Iron Man 3. I'm (laughs) giving them both a four, but uh, I'm saying, without a doubt, Thor 2 is my least favorite of the MCU movies. On the flip side, Captain America The Winter Soldier is my number one favorite, (laughs) hands-down, MCU flick, and yes, 10 out of 10, maybe. Absolutely. If I could go higher, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to give it a solid 8, um definitely enjoyed it I, I will stick to what i said earlier though as i've seen it subsequently um i haven't enjoyed it as much as when i first saw it i think there was something to the freshness of seeing these new characters oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and just like almost a shock of like how it just completely like blindsided me you know mm-hmm. that's not to say that it's not a great movie it is a great movie and uh, it's great for all the reasons we, we talked about. It works on like so many levels. Okay, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.